Good evening to all of you out in the geek world. With me today, I have somebody who's harder to get hold of than a PlayStation 5 pre-order. It's Mr. Ryan Perra from Gamehype. Ryan, how are we doing? I'm okay. I'm not quite in demand as a PS5 pre-order, but I'm good. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe after this, maybe after this podcast, you will be. Um, <laughs> so the last, time, the last time we heard of, of, uh, of us, uh, I was doing a solo podcast on Total Warhammer and Total War Troy differences, uh, which went pretty, pretty well and uh, was quite popular. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with Total Warhammer 3. I'm sure you'll love it, but I'm not going to bore you with it, Ryan. Um, but today, I, mean, I won't love it, a... will I? Well, you will. I'll you just complain it. that it's not turn-based. And then you've got, <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah, that's the whole point, yeah. Total total turn-based, maybe. But So we're just going to have a general chit-chat. I think we're like, like there's old women on last of the summer wine. We're going to have a little catch-up, but with less cakes. Or in our case, probably more cakes. More cakes, yeah. More it cakes, does. yeah, more, more cakes. cakes. <laughs> um. So yeah, like obviously we're still in COVID and we're still in all the lockdown. So, you know, games are still coming out, but like we went to the cinema and we saw Tenant and Bill and Ted. We did, we did. That made it sound like one movie. Like Bill and Ted and Tenant together. Bill and Ted and Tenant. <laughs> Would have made um, Tenant a shitload better, that's for sure. Two well, we'll get to that. So two movies about time travel. We'll start with Bill and Ted. Um that was a good film. I mean, I'm quite su- surprised. That it was so it was as good as it had it was, but yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, what I was, I started smiling within the first few minutes, and I think I stopped for the rest of the movie. I just had it. It reminded me of why I like going to the cinema. It was just a fun time. I sat down, you know, all the worries of the world were forgotten, and uh, just enjoyed the movie. It was it was somehow on a par with the original two, which is something I always worry about when you go back into the past and dig up a franchise. You know, but like if they made another Back to the Future movie, you'd be like, whoa, let's not go there. So I kind of I was concerned that Bill and Ted would ruin Bill and Ted. Not that it particularly has this, you know, sacral, you know, sacred legacy. But at the same time, movies I enjoyed as a kid wouldn't want to see them, you know, damaged by a, a, a crappy rehash. But yeah, do you know was, what? It, had, good. it had the rare privilege of it was a reboot sequel, kind of like Force Awakens. It was the same thing again, but you know, had some younger generation in it, same thing, but it carried on for the plot. And do you know what? It had this rare privilege of working because they didn't resolve the whole save the world, unite the world thing in the other films. But they had this, what spoilers, they had this clever uh, mechanic of having the kids in it, because of course Bill and Ted have grew up, but they're actually the Bill and Ted that have been destined to um, save the world. Even though I'm pretty sure if you watch the other movies, it shows Bill and Ted and not their kids, but you know, whatever, you know, who fucking cares. They did the same thing as other movies, but you know what, that's fine. It's just, more of uh more of the uh excellent bill and ted so that was good yeah, yeah was I mean, all, I, all i want from a bill and ted movie is kind of 90s kind of skateboarder surfer bro type language um and wacky time travel and you had that in spades um when the when the two daughters were going through time putting together a most excellent band uh that was a lot of fun um so, <laughs> Just, you know, try to convince Jimi Hendrix he should be in the band and happen to go get other people from the past to convince Jimi Hendrix to be in the band. And it was all very, very cool. Um, and then there was all the people from our history that we all recognised and then Kid Cuddy popped up and we were both like, huh? And I was like, the name rings a bell, but I don't know who he is. And you were like, who the piss the hell is that, Ryan? And I was like, absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's a guy. So that, that made me chuckle, even though it wasn't supposed to. You know, they've gone and got all these like legendary musicians and artists from, you know, 
all throughout time and space. And then the guy at the end who's supposed to like kind of cap it off was some dude we'd never really heard of. I mean, like, oh, okay, feeling out of touch there. Surely, I mean, did, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was just happy to do it or the, it was an in joke, but surely if you're going to get some sort of rap rapper or someone more modern, they could have had like a big name of some sort because they got, they got Dave Grohl in it. He was in it for oh. like four seconds. In fairness, he could be a big name in the rap world. You and I just wouldn't know. No, absolutely. We were the whitest people in that cinema. Not a clue who he was. Um, Kanye West. That's who they should have got. Kanye, Kanye West. He I mean, would that, have been that, that shows our brilliant. knowledge of the rap world when Kanye West is our touch point. Yes. Rapper the rapper. Who they should have got. There we go. Yeah, well, he would have been good. I'd put him in there. But yeah, it was good. Um, Keanu Reeves wasn't quite as animated and like into it I think as Alex Winter was I think he kind of just did his job and left he, he wasn't like as enthusiastic it seemed um, well I, th- I think that's just his character like you know he's just like whoa dude that's just that's I mean it almost seems like that's Keanu Reeves um, but yeah maybe he's you know he seemed he seemed enough like Ted to me uh, when I don't when I'm not confused about which one's which I always get them mixed up somehow but you know I, I thought he was, he was fine. I mean, I just went, it was clearly more into it, I would agree. But then I suppose because this is the first movie that anyone's seen him in since Bill and Ted, whereas Keanu Reeves, you know, is uh, in the limelight as John Wick at the minute. I'm sure he's been in other stuff. I know he's a director, but I'm sure he's been in other stuff. That's, that he we don't has, know I mean, about either. It's one of those things where you're an actor and you do your job. Like, you know, I suppose you're happy to be acting. So he doesn't particularly care if he's in like 50 blockbusters in a decade or whether he's just in, you know, 50 indie films that he enjoyed making and got paid for like if he's still if he's working as an actor or a director he's probably happy it's only like the weird kind of hollywood glitterati type vibe of like well he's not super famous right now so he's been nowhere and it's like well if he's been you know living his life having a good time he gives a shit if he's been in gigantic blockbusters yeah they got um they got lots of people back they got the actor who was ted's dad bill's dad well kind of reeves his dad's actor in it um, Bill's yeah, the, dad, because yeah. he marries, because his brother marries Missy, who was his stepmom in the movie originals. I think that was the same actress as well. Like she hasn't aged well. It was. Um, um, well, I mean, got... she she has in the sense that it's what how many years later and you can still tell it's her. Like it's I not like she's clearly the same actress. It's not like she's this like you know wizened old teabag looking woman. Like you could clearly tell it was supposed to be. It was the same woman. <laughs> I didn't remember from any of the films, so. Um, Maybe that's just me, but yeah, they had uh, yeah, they had old people, like the old the, the actresses who played the princesses. Don't know if they're still acting, but they were in it. They were fine. They're more like background filler, but they were fine. They were just there to be there. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, you know what? And it's nice to go to the cinema because there's nothing out now, is it? If uh, Mulan has pretty much been shoved onto the Disney Channel, um, and like you're a big Disney fan, but you weren't paying for that. You told me. Well, I was going to. Like, I was all set to pay for whatever it's called, Disney Premium, whatever it's called. Um, I was like, oh, I don't mind paying 20 quid to watch Mulan. Um, if, you know, get people around, you know, kind of like a group evening of it. And then obviously lockdown rules changed, so you couldn't really do that. I thought, okay, whatever. But then I got an email from Disney Plus saying, watch Mulan now for £20. And then it said, or watch it as part of your subscription in December. And I'm like, like I'm not that desperate to watch it. Like, if the, you're making me wait two months, I can wait a couple of months. Like, we've already waited how long? Like, it was supposed to be released yeah. in, what was it, March or May? And now we're in freaking September. So, like, I've already waited this long. 
I can wait two more months to watch Mulan for as part of my subscription. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot if they'd at least better said, oh, it's not going to be on the streaming service properly until March next year. I might be like, oh, that's ages to wait. Oh, I'll just watch it now. But well, it's yeah, it's not like it's Star Wars Episode Nine, which a lot of people would be like, oh, I've got well, maybe not Episode Nine, but you know, people would be like, oh, it's the it's the part of a film franchise. It's just another live action Disney film, and you know, not to be rude about Mulan, it was hardly uh, it's hardly one of the big 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 names. Well, it was Lion Lonely. King or Beauty and the Beast or something. It sets a worrying precedent to me, though, the idea of having a subscription service and then like locking content behind a paywall like what if the mandalorian 2 rocks around and it's like oh if you want to watch mandalorian 2 now give us a tenner and it's like oh crap because you know disney plus seems like such a good bargain because you got all this content for one low price whereas if things are going to start getting hidden behind paywalls it's not going to seem as good value for money i mean obviously everyone's got their own choice to pay or not pay it it'll just be frustrating if all the successful stuff all the big stuff is suddenly now Oh, if you if you want to watch this, you need the premium Star Wars pass for nine. No, no, no. That's that that's going to be a COVID exception because they know in America no one is going to the cinema. They're not risking it at all. But we went to the cinema. We've been to the cinema to see um, all three Lord of the Rings films, Dark Knight. We saw Tenant. We saw uh, Bill and Ted. I'm sure there's some other films we've watched, but I can't remember. Chris and I went to watch the 40th anniversary of Flash Gordon, which yes, the, rest, did. the rest of you missed out on, and I, I had an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, um, Timothy Dalton's delivery of lying bitch just had, still has me in Chris and bits <laughs> whenever one of us says it. Um, I, um, I love the way I've never seen it. It's one of those like touchstone movies where any any kind of like sci-fi fantasy like road like you, you see on TV nowadays, especially in the younger generation, or like, oh, Flash Gordon was amazing. And I'm like, was it? I've never seen it. So having the chance to watch it I've got to watch it in the cinema. It was it was ridiculous, but a good a good time. But not many people are in our films, so it's it's sleeps over here a little bit that uh, some people are a bit scared of the cinema. But yeah, Americans now they're not risking it. But the other film we watched, which is the big the the big blockbuster of let's be honest, the year because nothing else has come out, was the latest Christopher Nolan Mindbender Tenant, which has had very mixed reviews. I've heard of people walking out halfway through. I've heard of um, I've heard of five minute standing ovations at the end. Um, what movie did they watch? I watched Tenant. Um, maybe they'd seen it already and then flipped back again, like in the, the film, to know what was happening. I'd have stood up just to applaud the fact that it was fine fucking over. I've seen it twice now, and on the second viewing, knowing what's happening or knowing what's about to happen allows me to understand what's supposed to know what's coming, which is, you could argue, is a really pretentious pretentious um, way of saying it's a brilliant film, which happens in the film. But I also said, if I have to watch a film twice to try and understand it, the film has not done its job properly. I thought Tenant was good, but I think it needed to be, the script needed to be tightened up a little. It, it there was didn't make many any moments sense. where, to me, there was a lot of moments where people were just talking, and they were talking sciencey babble, and you just got you you were, you were with them, and then you just got lost. You were like, okay, I'm lost now. Like they needed some simple explanations, like when she, when at the start of the movie, when he fires the gun, and the bullet goes into the gun because it's come back again. You're like, okay, well I can understand that. I don't really understand how he's, how he's going to hurt anyone. Because it's already been fired, but um, only if he fires the bullet again, I guess. But 
it was good, but you know what? It was hard to recommend to people. It's just I mean, a difficult film to recommend. I had multiple issues for multiple reasons. Number one was just the sound mixing. The the dialogue and the background noise were so mashed together that I didn't hear most of what was said. So the the exposition was difficult to pick up because I couldn't really hear what they were saying anyway. And then the bits I did pick up didn't really make any sense. Um, and it's it's the it's the issue I have with Christopher Nolan movies in general is that he takes nerdy or geeky concepts. So you know you've got the time dilation in books with his Dark Knight trilogy, time travel with Tenant. And he takes these really nerdy things and basically goes, but look, it's not nerdy. I'll make it cool and stylish. And I'm like, well, it's still fundamentally nerdy. And it's just so much it didn't make any sense. Like, there's a part where they're explaining about when you're going backwards in time or that time of entropy is reversed is the phrase they keep reusing. And there's a fire. But when you're backwards in time, the fire makes cold because the heat's being drawn away. And I'm like, but it isn't, though, is it? Fire generates heat. Fire is hot. But if you remove that fire because the fire is going back in time to the point where it didn't exist, it wouldn't make things colder than the existing temperature. It would just be... It would just go back to... Cold, it's go back to normal. Yeah. And I was like, why would, why would this glass start to frost over? Because it's not... It's just going back to its, the, the environmental temperature minus the fire. It's not actually making anything colder. I mean, I got confused during the end scene with the battle where one team was running to attack and one team was running to attack but they've already attacked so it's like well who are they shooting like i didn't even see people that were shooting i was it was very confusing and at times just looked a bit comical because you had like people walking backwards next to people walking forwards and like going off on uh, going off in helicopters for stretches and at one point someone was in a building and the neil character looks back and he's like watch out and then the person the wall has a hole in it and then the wall repairs itself with an explosion but I was like, well, how is that person dead unless the explosion is gone? Because the explo- if the explosion was going from inside the building out and it goes back again, wouldn't it just go back to a wall that hasn't exploded? Yeah, because the and explosion like, technically never happened, so why would they be was, dead? Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. Um, I'm sure it can be seen as incredibly clever, incredibly smart with the whole circular motion of like Neil's character is supposed to die at the end because he knows he has to go back in and do the other thing to complete the circle. But then it's like no one said, oh, but don't do that. And he's like, no, I've got to do that. So why has he got to create that circle? Um, I don't know. So much of the movie didn't make any sense to me. I'm sure if you had Christopher Nolan next to you and you could pause the film and go, Chris, tell me. Tell me. He'd, he'd, he'd explain it to you perfectly. But again, if you have to have a movie explained too deeply, you have to watch it again. To me, it's failed to tell a story properly. I would still say, yeah, go and watch it. But I would also go and watch it and really try and listen and really have an open mind because there are times where there were people were just talking, sound trying to sound cool. That's probably the best way I could explain it. They were like, but I'm the protagonist in the story, and I can't go forward unless I go back. It's like, you've got to go back to go forward. I mean, the fact that the character was was called the protagonist was really weirdly meta and not cool at all, really. Just just give him a name. Like, it doesn't make it more interesting. It's called the protagonist. It just feels stupid. Um, So, I mean, it's as Nolan's movies go on, I probably like them less and less. Uh, My favourite Nolan movie is still The Prestige. Um, I thought that movie was great. 
Uh, all the kind of magic-y stuff in it is all explained for the most part realistically. And then obviously you get the big twist at the end, which is like, ooh, that was, that was interesting and cool. Um, yeah, and then obviously the Dark Knight trilogy got, I guess, got worse as it went on. I don't know. I didn't really enjoy Dark Knight Rises at all. But yeah, so I mean, to me, it's a mixed bag. Like he's seen it, his movies are always really stylish and they're good enough to look at. But in terms of actual content, I always find them a bit hit and miss. Um, it's probably the worst tenant movie, uh, Nolan movie I've seen. It's not a bad movie. It's just, I think it's wasted, maybe wasted potential. But see, I, I yeah. would say it's a bad movie. Like if if you have to see, if you have to experience something more than once for it to make sense, it's not doing its job properly, like you said earlier. But that doesn't mean you can't layer things in there that you can have on repeat viewings. Like one thing I'll always reference to this is Watchmen. It's the only comic I've ever read that lived up to hype. But the first time you read Watchmen, the stuff you see, and then you finish it, and you're like, oh my god, hang on, that's oh my god, that's that person. I didn't. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I probably read Watchmen once every couple of years, and nearly every single time I do, there's something else I find in it, or something else I take from it, or things hit differently as you know I've matured and grown up and gone through things in life. But it still makes perfect sense the first time you read it. And it has a giant, interdimensional, tentacle, psychic monster. And it's like, it still makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. And it just gets, you know, you just get more from it each time you read it. Whereas in this instance, Tenet didn't make any pissing sense the first time I watched it. To the point where I was just annoyed um, and don't want to watch it again. Whereas I actively want to rewatch it as many, many times again. Yeah, I've got a friend who keeps saying oh, she wants to watch Tenet. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I can go and watch it. But I'm caught at the same time thinking, oh... So much more watch it again, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really know if I can recommend it. Like, I would say yeah, it's good, it's it's visually interesting, and you might get something from it. But that also doesn't mean I would recommend it to people because when I think about it, explaining it, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's a bit when they're all mumbling and you can't hear what they're saying, and there's the part at the end where it doesn't look like they're fighting; they're just walking, shooting at things that aren't there, and. Yeah, it, I think really think the best thing, the part of the movie is um, Kenneth Branagh. He was the best yeah, part of the movie. Yeah, he was great, to be fair. As, uh, he put on this thick Russian accent and he's like, listen to me. And he said other things in a Russian accent, which were very menacing. But he was good. I think he's always good in things. He's, he's someone who's had a bit of a Hollywood, I wouldn't say resurgence because he's never been in Hollywood. He's just been a, you know, a, 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 board, a board actor. Exactly. Um, you know, classic Shakespeare and such, but I mean, I suppose, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm kind of trying to work out what else we're going to watch at the cinema, like what's coming out soon. And Nothing. from browsing, from browsing the app, um, it's going back to form. You know, we're really enjoying watching old movies. Uh, it looks like all the Rocky movies are being re-released. Uh, oh, I did see that. I don't think I'd want to watch any of those. Oh no, I love the Rocky. I love, I love that Rocky's based on a real man. Like a, that story is based on an actual man that existed. Yeah. Yet if you go to Philadelphia, there's a statue of Rocky and not the real man. <laughs> like that, that, I mean, obviously as a devil's fan, I'm going to have some, you know, I'm going to have some Philadelphia beef going on. But it yeah. just makes me laugh. That this, 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 it's like, hey, let's ignore the real man. We're just talking about the movie everyone likes because it's one of the only times people see Philadelphia on a movie and go, oh yeah, that's a place. You know, <laughs> do, you think there's a, do you think there's a smaller shitter statue somewhere of Rocky Marciano? Oh, I don't remember. Or is that the guy from Raging Bull? 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I know so little about the real guy that that's kind of the almost worst. Like the fact that there is a real guy in Philadelphia have done nothing to actually push the fact it was real. They just go, no, look at look at this movie that people made our city relevant with. And it's like it's just funny. But oh, yeah, so the Rockies are coming back out. I don't know if I watch them all, but I'll definitely watch Rocky. Um, because you know it could be good. They get a bit nuts near oh, the end. Maybe. I mean, I've got the card and it's going to run out of time, so I suppose I could watch it. Um, so while we're on the subject of things that are rocky, we both pre-ordered an Xbox, and many people have been having trouble with pre-orders, especially especially the PlayStation pre-orders. Um, however, my pre-order was slightly stressful. It took 36 minutes. It was slightly stressful. Yours, however, you went to game and just pre-ordered it in a shop, so yours was easy peasy, which I actually feel sorry for a lot of people online because, of course, of COVID, they've had to do it online, where people have just said, I just walked into Argos and did it, and that was it. it was yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose one of those things where in your mind, you're like, oh, online will be faster. But then companies will always, I imagine, hold back a certain amount of stock for their bricks and, brick and mortar stores. Um, so I guess, it, you know, it would be wiser to go and pre-order it physically at the shop because, you know, you're there in person, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I always imagine this for some reason in my head, I just assume that stores will always honor in-store pre-orders over online pre-orders just because it's it's a face-to-face customer thing. If they turn around and tell me that I can't have an Xbox because too many people lose it online, they've got to tell me that face-to-face in the shop and then this potential aggro. Whereas yeah. if they send me an email going, sorry, Ryan, we accidentally oversold uh, stock. So yes, you can't actually have it. They've sent me a pissy email and then I'm going to probably have a phone call, but there's still, there's still a distance between it. Um, so I just feel safer pre-ordering stuff. Well, that's exactly our problem, isn't it? The Sony had their PS5 price and date reveal, um, which was funny because the price and the date like just appeared for about 12 seconds on screen, and then the date was said by someone else. And then they didn't really say, they could say, oh, pre-order in 24 hours. And then Jeff Keighley released some information about pre-orders he wasn't supposed to release. And Sony were like, uh, don't say that. And then because he, he updated his Twitter. And then Best Buy blew their load early out the gate and then everyone else followed followed afterwards and people have been furious because they should have had notifications or emails or first first in line because of sony perks of playstation plus i believe they didn't get it and ps5 orders have like sold out as of now because there was another batch there were gone again so people were angry there's been ebay fleeces obviously um and then Microsoft came out and threw some shade and were like, don't worry, you've got two weeks to pre-order yours. Plenty of time for us to tell you. I mean, and I was for the in, most part, it was fine. I was in game. Just, just chatting to staff that I know. And a guy walked in and went, oh, I want to pre-order my PS5, pre-order my PS5. And uh, the member of staff went, oh, sorry, pre-orders are sold out. And this was like two days after pre-orders went live. And he was like, oh, but what's this slip? I, I said I wanted what ages ago, and what you had was game have a system where you can register your interest. Now, this system never works properly when game do it, so I don't know why they still do it, but in theory, they're supposed to register your interest, and then the moment pre-orders go live, you get an email saying, you can pre-order it now, and they'll send you like an email straight away saying, look, it's live, that thing you asked us about is live. But obviously, with the debacle around Sony's pre-ordering system, people had these, but then pre-orders sold out so quickly that the game system didn't or didn't have time, or they just didn't send out those emails. So they had people who were under the apprehension that, or under the impression rather, that they'd be told when they could pre-order one. They weren't told they could pre-order one, so this guy was kicking off in game because he'd registered his interest, you know, months ago, and now couldn't get one at launch because the system that the game was supposed to use 
hadn't worked the way it was intended to, or at least Sony mm. hadn't organised it properly enough for him to be able to get his pre-order, so he's pissed. Um, which I find quite funny, because obviously you and I tend to slant on the Xbox side of things more than PlayStation, although as always, we'll all both end up with all the consoles, because we always do. Um, but I'm curious as to, because of how easy in comparison the system was to order an Xbox One or Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S, depending on the one you want. But I'm curious as to how many people, because obviously this is just the first wave of Xboxes that have come out. If there's suddenly more Xboxes available, how many people that can't get PS5s are going to be like, screw it, I'll buy an Xbox? Well, I've heard of that already, actually. I've heard people saying, oh, I'm trying to get a PS5, so I'm just going to get the S. I'm just going to get the lighter, the smaller one, uh, which is interesting. You know, it's an interesting take. Um, people well, to me, it's, doing that. It's, it's the weird thing about the, the two difference, because obviously the PlayStation 5 has a disc tray version and a discless version. The consoles are exactly the same apart from the disc drive, whereas with the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, there's a huge difference in technical performance and power and capability. So to me, people, the S is almost like, well, I'll buy a PS5 as my main console, and then I'll buy an S because it's dirt cheap and I can play the other thing I want to on that even though if I'm not that fussed about all the technical output because my main machine is my PS5. So to me, yeah, the yeah. S is almost the perfect backup machine. Um, whereas if I look at Xbox Series X as my main console and then I want to buy a PS5, that's such a big monetary commitment, regardless if I buy the discless version on the disk drive because the hardware is fundamentally the same. So it's still like a 400 quid layout, really, um, no matter where which way I go. Whereas the Xbox Series S is much cheaper, a much cheaper alternative as a secondary console. Uh, but I'm not going to get a disc tray, a discless version of the PS5 because it, rumors uh, are suggesting that digital games on the PSM will be 69.99, which is obscenely expensive. If the physical copy is only 50 quid, by the time you've bought five physical games for your disc tray version of the PS5, you've already kind of made the difference in the cost of the two machines back anyway. So it, it, it's an odd one. Because stuff's already expensive on the PSN and the Xbox Store. Games are expensive digitally. So I'm curious to see how many people are going to buy the discless version and then be hit in the butt by having to buy games digitally. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation flat out came out and said, oh, we don't believe that a subscription service is good in the long run for us. And they did the same kind of thing with EA Access where they said, oh, well, you know, I don't think it's good value for our customers. And then a year and a half later, they got yeah, access. So, so many have only said that because obviously people are talking about how brilliant Game Pass is and how fantastic it is for the machines. And it makes Sony look pathetic that they don't have it. They did announce their um, PlayStation Legends lineup, or whatever it was called, where you've got um, basically their attempts to make everyone buy PlayStation 4 games again. Well, you know, like exactly, your Uncharted 4s and Last of Us and Bloodborne you don't have and to, such. You, you don't have to buy them. They're, they're free to play as part of your PSN subscription. So if you have PSN, you ha you can play those games for free. So it's like a mini game pass, essentially. You can access a bunch of first party. Basically, you can play the best and brightest of PS4 on your PS5 for free, provided you have PSN. So it's not really free, is it? Because you've got to pay for PSN. So you're not rebuying the issue. You're just downloading the game and playing it as part of your PSN subscription, which is a great idea. But at the same time, when you compare that to what game pass is, it doesn't even compare because you look at the PS5 and go, oh, so I can play, especially if you're a PS4 fan going to PS5, you're more than likely played and finished all of those games at this point. So they're basically going, oh, look, 
or to new PlayStation owners, because if you had a PS4, you've definitely played Last of Us, and you've definitely played God of War, and you've probably played Horizon, and you've played all the, you know, the big AAA first-party releases. Whereas, you know, and they're like, oh, great, what about God of War 2? Is that going to be on this service for free? Oh, no, you've got to pay for that. Okay, what about Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Is that going to be on your uh, PSN service? Oh, no, you'll have to pay for that separately. And they'll go, oh, hey, Xbox, um, what were your first-party games doing on Game Pass? Oh, they're on it on day one for free as part of my subscription. Shit. You know what I mean? It's just... Game Pass is such a good deal that Sony doing this was almost, to me, almost backfired in terms of PR moves because you're basically saying, play shit you've played already, but buy all the new stuff. Bro, on Xbox, it's play lots of stuff you've not played. There's hundreds of titles and also get the new stuff for free. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I buy PlayStation as my secondary console and all I play on there is the big name exclusives that I want to play. So if I get a PlayStation 5 and they suddenly go, oh, look at all these free games you can play. I've played 90% of them. And I, I, the way I play games is I'm not interested in playing them again. So, you know, if I do buy a PlayStation 5, you, you can't sell me on the old games as a secondary user. And you probably can't sell me on the old games again because I've probably already played them already. I mean, look at The Last of Us. That was on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. I don't want to play that again on PlayStation 5. That's just no. two, maybe, but not. No, not the first one. Um, yes, yeah, so like we both pre-ordered Xboxes, both managed to get our orders in. Uh, I use the Microsoft Store, which I used my PC at work, and so I used the PC at work. And if it was going, I was had it lined up at eight o'clock for the eight o'clock launch, hitting F five, hitting F five, hitting F five, and then the eight o'clock came and it just suddenly said, "Configure your order now." And I was like, "Shit, that's it!" So I hit the button. And it said, oh, which console would you like? What extras would you like with it? Would you like, you know, a pad or Game Pass or blah, blah, blah? Um, and it was like, fine. And then it went on to the next screen and it was just a grey blog, blob. And I was like, oh, great, it's crash. So I'll refresh. And I went back and forth and back and forth and it stayed on this grey blob. And then it progressed to the next screen, which was like, you know, the... And then it wouldn't go any further and it crashed again and went back to this grey blob and all of a sudden i don't know if it was just a particular company i work for um i couldn't access the xbox store or the microsoft store anymore and i still can't to this day when it's been what five days four or five days since um so i get the feeling <laughs> they've blocked those sites on the entire pcs and the entire organization i work for um which is awkward but i went then went to my phone and every time i clicked order it said you've reached the maximum allocation for this item. And I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, it thinks I've, I mean, it's in limbo. It thinks I've got one in a cart, even though there's not one in a cart. But luckily, all I did was signed out and signed back in again. And it finally went to the screen of, you paid, you know, I used I used nothing but vouchers. So I had the advantage that I actually only paid about £50 of real money because I used the Microsoft Rewards site, which, you know, I, I praise a lot. And I sold my Xbox for vouchers. So, and he paid about 50, 60 pounds. So I said to you before, like, why not? Why would I not buy it when I've got it so cheap? And I was literally just slamming my finger repeatedly down on the order button. And all of a sudden I turned to the phone and it said order complete. And I, I stupid, even though I'd been doing it for 35 minutes, I sort of went, what? Complete, wait, complete? Is it done? Is it done? Is it done? There's no email. Is it done? I better check. I'll check my emails. And then I get an email saying order complete. I then had to. I then signed out and signed back in again. I looked at my order history to make sure it was complete, and then went and checked my uh, balance on the store 
to see if the, the vouchers were gone. And I was like, yes, 36 slightly stressful minutes and the order was finished. Um, so I had it pretty, pretty easy compared to what, you know, from what you hear on the internet, compared to what everyone else has had. They've been on websites that have crashed or even though they've been there at eight o'clock, it's, it's the websites haven't worked for two hours. And when they finally got back on after the rush, well, the rush is gone because everyone's bought one and there's people I mean, who are left furious. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people online talking about how, you know, COVID has obviously impacted the availability of consoles, which it has. But then it's not like pretty much all the consoles always sell out at launch anyway, especially the first wave of pre-orders. Um, like, look at this. I remember Xbox 360 launch night outside Game Station, New Street. Like, we got there at probably 7 p.m. convinced that we were going to get in and we really wanted to get certain launch titles. And that's what we were going to do. Um, and there's a guy sat in front of us who'd been there. I think he said he'd been there from about five uh, in the afternoon and he had sat there for the entire night. It got to, I don't know, five minutes to 12 when the staff opened the door. And then the first thing they said was, have you got a pre-order? To which he replied no and was told to walk away. I was like, okay, you can't have one then. We're just on pre-order stock only and had to leave. And the whole line was just like, oh, like at the same time, surely you should have gone to the shop and asked somebody. Like consoles have continually sold out at launch. What the Dreamcast didn't, but that's good. It had an abominable launch. But for the most part, consoles sell out of launch, especially Nintendo machines. Like they all, they all just sell out. So uh, while it's unfortunate for people that wanted to get one and didn't get one, that hassle trying to get one, it's not new. Consoles always sell out at launch. Um, it's just part and parcel, I guess. So if you got one, count your blessings. If you didn't, just wait. And I imagine there'll be, you know, different waves of pre-order. And I don't think you'll be waiting months and months and months. I don't think it's going to be oh, you bought your PlayStation on the first day, fantastic. Right, now you've got to wait till the new year to get one. I assume within a couple of weeks of launch, there'll be another batch out. Um, I mean, I reckon they're rolling about in waves. Um, anyway, I reckon they've got their, their their totals and they're sort of going, right, we'll have a few this day and then we'll have... Because all of a sudden they said, oh, there's more allocations available. It's like, well, they don't... I very much doubt they've made those PlayStation 5s in the last, you know, four days. Five days and boxed, you know, had them boxed up or... Unless, well, they're, unless, they're, unless they're risking something and saying, oh, look, we're going to make another thousand. Let's sell them before we've made them. But you don't know, do you? I don't think we'll have a situation where people are really desperately getting them on eBay because there has been some orders on eBay because, uh, you know, of course there is. Um, but no, I don't think we'll have a situation where we're, people are kind of desperate. I feel sorry mostly for the sort of kids because, you know, for a fact that a lot of kids are going to go in a month's time and go, ah. Oh, I want a PlayStation 5, and then they're going to go, Mom, I want a PlayStation 5 for Christmas. And you're thinking, yeah, good luck, because she ain't getting one. Yeah, I mean, I've had members of my family say to me, like, oh, Ryan, when's the PS5 out? I want to get one. And I'm like, uh, it's out on this date, and pre-orders are already sold out. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, it came off a pre-order about a week ago, and they disappeared within a day. Like, it, it, it's just odd to me. Like, it's, I don't want to use the phrase casuals, because, again, they're making it sound elitist and gatekeeper, but it, it, it are the people who are less into gaming that are the ones that are getting angry about it. And I'm always kind of like, well, if you were more into the hobby, you'd have paid more attention. Like what the guy was kicking off about, like there were lots of people walking into game. So they went live, pre-orders went live on the Tuesday, I'm in game on a Thursday. And there are people going, mate, can I pre-order PS5? And then, oh no, they're sold out. And they're going, oh God, damn, what the hell? They're getting really angry and annoyed that there's not stock left. And I'm like, it's two days after release. Like it's two days after they went live. Yeah. Why in the world would there be any left? Even if it wasn't for like, so, like, for Xbox, announced their date weeks in advance so you knew exactly when you could pull your console, and they still hit allocation on day one. 
They sold out within a day. Why are you rocking up into a game store like 72 hours later and then yeah, upset I mean, also, that you can't pre-order it? It's like, if you yeah, wanted it that badly, internet. you'd have got it. Especially with the internet. So you've got Argos, like in the UK, you've got Argos Smith's game. And then, of course, you've got Amazon. So Amazon are going to have the biggest allocation. People could, people could be on their phone in seconds for those pre-orders. Physical stores, they're not going to get as many as online. I'm not going to get many at all. Um, I don't know. I don't think the PS. I don't think remember the PS4 or the Xbox One being any different. So yeah, why people? Why people thought it was going to be any any different or better? I don't know. Maybe they assumed oh, it's, everything's bigger and better now. So of course there'll be lots of them out there. Of course, why wouldn't they? Because they will learn their lesson. But who knows? I think it's just different levels of I guess fandom. Is that the, the, the gamer nerds, the hardcore gamers? For lack of a better phrase, are going to be in there straight away, you know, strike them all their own top because it's their primary hobby. Whereas if the only games you play all year are the new FIFA, GTA, and you know, insert the odd other title, maybe Fortnite. Like if you play a few games a year, you're probably not that entrenched in kind of gaming media and what's going on. Whereas if you know you play dozens and dozens of games a year. And I'm just like, oh my god, this game's great. I've tried this, I've tried that. I mean, the amount of games I've played since Game Pass became a thing that I wouldn't have played otherwise um, is insane. And it's just like the more into it you are, the more you're going to pay attention. So, like, it's the same with Games Workshop. Obviously, that's a niche hobby. Um, but they still sell out of stuff all the time and, and immediately. Uh, like, they'll release a limited edition version of a model or a codex or a novel, and they'll sell out within hours, if not minutes sometimes. And then that's a hobby that you have to be a nerd about to get in, and people still miss out. So why casual people are upset that they haven't been able to get a console immediately, I don't understand. Like, if you want something that badly, you'll pay attention to it. So I just find that the reaction of not being able to get one doesn't seem to add up to the effort of trying to get one to me. It's like, what do you mean? I can't just walk in three days later and get a console. Well, it works. yeah, I reckon you've got to be keeping an eye on the conferences and Twitter and all the updates as well. But, I mean, you know, we've, we're going to get ours. I mean, you would definitely get yours on launch because it'll be in a shop. Mine, we, we will hope. Be posted. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, mine will be posted for Microsoft, so I presume I should get it at some point in the day. I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll have any problems delivering it. Uh, I've actually booked. I've actually booked the day off work and the day after that to make sure I'm there when it arrives because the least with yours, you can walk into a shop and say, "Hello, where's my Xbox?" And they'll go, "Oh, here's just at Xbox. That's yours." But mine would, you know, you know what delivery drivers in some places are like. They'll ring the doorbell once and then go, oh, they're not in. And then that's it. My console will be taken back to a depot and I'll have to ring them again. And yeah, we'll see. But it's exciting. Um, it's exciting to, you know, we've got the next gen out. I think for PlayStation 5, at least, they're saying it feels, I, probably feel, I mean, PlayStation 5 feels like it's a next gen. But you could also just say, oh, it's the next, you know, the next gen where Xbox are obviously going down a different path of PC gaming logic of you're just buying a more powerful Xbox that is capable of changing up the games you've already got on existing, which is a bit of a double-edged sword for me because it means, yes, I don't necessarily have to buy new games for it. I know there are existing games that have been upgraded, but at the same time, are we definitely going to see games that are physically using that power? Or we can have this uh, weird middle ground of some games will, some won't. It'll be, it'll be like all console cycles and generations where there's not that much of a difference, I imagine. Well, I mean, there's not going to be a big visual difference 
this jump anyway that's not where the, the technology stepped like we'll never see the jump that we saw from ps2 and xbox to 360 and ps3 we'll never see that jump again or very unlikely to see that jump again um this is more it's more of like a technical behind the scenes stuff like with the ssds and kind of render times and load times that's the difference we'll notice now whether or not people actively notice those uh you know we'll have to wait and see it's not like you know visual difference is immediately striking um whereas this kind of stuff isn't necessarily as obvious yeah uh, I'll make what, a I find, prediction. what i find weird is i keep seeing weird comparisons about how the xbox series x isn't worth getting because it's not that different to a xbox one x but the ps5 is great because it's better than the ps4 and i'm like well that's because the ps4 isn't as good as an xbox one x but the xbox one x does true 4k and higher frame rates and he's essentially you know technically you should be comparing the xbox one and the xbox series x the xbox one x came out in the middle and was like a little hardware jump whereas the ps4 had the pro but even that wasn't proper 4k i don't think and then it didn't play 4k blu-rays properly upscaled mm. a lot of stuff so the, the jump between the ps4 and the ps4 Pro was almost pointless so going from the ps4 pro to the ps5 is a bigger jump but that's only because the intermediary console in the PS4 Pro wasn't as big of a jump as the Xbox Series X or Xbox One X was to the Series X. The only advantage the PlayStation have got is that the naming makes more sense and is easier to say. Like yeah, you did you see on... did you see the seven hundred percent sales increase in the Xbox One X that Amazon had? I did, because people weren't paying attention to it. Like, can you imagine being like, oh, I've got my order, I've got my pre-order, yes! High-fiving your friends, having a celebration here, <laughs> and then the very next morning, an Xbox One X rocks for your front door, and you're like, they've sent it early. I mean, you rip, you rip open the Amazon box, and then there's the console oh my God. for two years. Like, I mean, I like, Wait, what's this? I mean, all the thing is, though, when you order it, and it's not as expensive as you were told it's going to be, and you get an email saying dispatched, You've only really got yourself to blame um, if it did get delivered to people. Can, God, can you imagine the refund teams having to deal with those idiots? Um, I mean, while I mean, on the subject of prices as well, um, I'll say this as well. I make a prediction that you'll see a lot of people saying, oh, these new consoles are crap. They're not doing anything. Where, as you've said before, the differences are going to be in screen reflections, you know, metal and reflections, and it's going to be in ray tracing. It's going to be in light bursting through trees it's going to be in loading times it's going to be field of vision it's going to be depth of field it's going to be in it's going to be in, if you play a pc game you've got all these options available to customize and and play around with to get the best performance you can you know frame rate visuals and that type of stuff basically everything that's going to be improved is going to be the pc options equivalent because like you said the resolution and the visuals mm, probably probably not Depending on the games, depending on the, the, the companies, depending on what effort they put in. So I think we will see a lot of people saying, oh, no, these generations are shit. Like, I can't see any difference. You will, but you have to look for it. I mean, I get, to me, that would be a weird thing of, like, why, to me, I'd ask those people, why do they game in the first place? Like, what is it that they, not in a judgmental way, just the curiosity of what is it that you game for? What games do you like and what do you get out of playing them? Because, well, I haven't got a PS4 anymore because I traded it in. But I've got underneath my TV now is an Xbox One X that does full 4K, all the bells and whistles of you know current console technology, and I enjoy playing it. Sat next to that is a Nintendo Switch that isn't even in 4K, and I equally love both consoles, and I play both, but I play different things on each one. So if if people are only looking at the visuals of games, going this doesn't look any better than Last of Us 2, which was a phenomenal looking game, I mean okay, but. Why do you play games? Because, I mean, we have a friend, our friend Mark, 
will happily sit down and play Dreamcast games all evening. Uh, you know, they look like, they look like ass comparatively to what we're currently playing now. Um, and it's like it isn't the visuals that make a game. I've just bought so on Nintendo Store deal when you buy stuff, you're given gold coins as like a kind of like reward. Uh, and you can use those. You you're given those gold coins. To, you can then you redeem them for pennies off. So one gold coin is a penny, um, and you can use them to take money off the store. I didn't realize they expired. So Nintendo emailed me the other day and said, "Hi Ryan, some of your coins are going to expire." And ordinarily, what I do would go, "Oh no, I'm losing free money! Quick, run onto the store and buy that fifty pound game you want, so you don't lose two eighty nine of free money." But yeah, <laughs> but being sensible, I was like, "Natural, no, I natural. yeah." Uh, no, I'm that. I'm just going to go into the current offers in the sales section on the Switch store and just find things that are below two eighty nine and have them for free. So I bought a weird side scrolly puzzle game called uh, Apocalypsis that's got this kind of weird eighteenth century sketch art style. It looks really weird. Right. And this is this is getting back to my point about visuals not being easy to game. I bought a black and white text based adventure game. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't resist the idea of sitting down and playing a text-based adventure on a 4K TV in 2020 because it's going to be all in my imagination. And I'm like, that's amazing. And it was, they were both completely free because of Nintendo's weird loyalty scheme. Um, okay, well, yeah, there we go. You don't, need, you don't need visuals. I mean, the amount of games I've played over the years that I've enjoyed weren't... You know me, I like style and charm, my most overused phrase in the world. But mm. I would much rather play a visually charming, stylized game so like like contrast, one of the three six decade games that I never shot without that I loved, um, and then compared to something that's really 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 pretty looking, like the Forza games and Gran Turismo's are really gorgeous games to look at, and I do enjoy them to a degree, but I've got more appreciation for the artistic choices that went into say contrast than into something that looks quite realistic because there's less design there. It's just you know making something look realistic may be a technical challenge, but as an artistic one. You're not really hitting a bar, you're just making stuff look real. Whereas something that's stylized and cool looking, effort went into that. Yeah, well, that's a Nintendo classic, isn't it? Um, you get some you get some games like that on the Xbox. Um, there was uh, there's a few on Game Pass that are definitely stylish, but like you said, they're not really going to be, what you would say, visual masterpieces or blow you away. Um, but one thing, I'd, so I was looking earlier as well on some of the gaming news, and they talked about the the SSD cards that are going to be it's going to be on the Xbox and people are getting very confused and because they say well you can plug in a three point a USB 3.1 hard drive into your console but it won't do any of the X enhancements you will need a SSD a solid state drive you need a special solid state drive to do that but you already get a solid state drive in the Xbox to me but but they've released the prices and a one terabyte solid state drive is two hundred and twenty pounds for one terabyte of the special Xbox SSD cards, which is phenomenally expensive. Uh, and, you know, I like saving money, and I'm sort of careful of what I spend. That's ridiculous. Um, we're going to have to wait and see, and how big the installations of some of these X games are, because if they're, I mean, okay, I mean, like what Mark said to us last night. How many games do you need installed on your console? But if you've got a, sm- a slow internet speed, that might be that might cause an issue. Sure, you can have like I have a secondary hard drive. I've got an external hard drive where I'm going to store all the normal games on the external hard drive that don't need to benefit from the slowing speeds, and I'll put Gears of War and Witcher and Cyberpunk on the SSD. But if they take up a considerable chunk of gig each, 
say 100 to 150, depending on the game. It's not many games I can put on there. And you, yeah, you can argue reinstalling it over and over again is the uh, is an option. But that's again, that's if you've got slow internet, that's not necessarily a great idea for some people. I mean, to me, that that just comes down to kind of gamer entitlement of there's a product and there's the cost. If you want to benefit from having that product, you've got to pay the cost. If you can't afford to, then unfortunately that's the situation you're in. And if you choose not to, well, then that's your choice. So essentially, I'm kind of like, well, it's, it's 220 quid for a terabyte SSD. You can fit, what, two of these into your machine? So you'll end up with three terabytes of SSD storage on your Xbox Series X. That's a lot of storage. Now, like you said, they would have, I mean, if these games are coming in at insane amounts of gigabytes each, I mean, what, Call of Duty Warzone still looks like ass, and it's up to, what, 200 gig. Uh, the Master Chief's collection looks glorious, because, of course, it does it with Halo, and that's what, that's what I'm naturally, yeah. gig. Halo 5 genuinely looks really good, uh, if it doesn't play so well, um, and that's, I think that's on, like, 100 and something, like, 198 gig now, so even current games are taking up a lot of storage. However, majority of games on my hard drive are probably around the 30 40 gig mark so even if storage doubles on a lot of these games i'm still fitting most of the stuff i'm going to be actively playing on the one terabyte ssd if not well i guess i'll just have to download and reinstall it or buy a hard drive to me it's a weird thing to get upset about because like well yes that ssd is expensive i but you don't have to buy it if you don't want to buy it you might have to reinstall stuff but that's that's it i mean the consoles are probably say I'd probably say it's not people getting upset. I think they're just a little shocked at the price because you can get faster SSDs. I've got a, I've got a one terabyte solid state drive by Samsung, a Samsung Evo in my PC, and that was only about ninety quid. So I'm very surprised. I'm just very surprised at the cost. Like a few well, PC I mean, did... gamers are like, why is it this expensive for these drives? Because they're not any different uh, than PC ones. My guess would be Microsoft trying to eat back some of the money they're no doubt losing when this other console are lost. I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret that the majority of consoles from past generations have been sold at a loss so that companies can make money back elsewhere through digital content or online subscriptions. Uh, so I would imagine it would be, right, that Microsoft lost, say, $50 per Xbox that they ship. If they can make those $50 back on the SSD upgrade, yay, they're broken even. Um, mm. Obviously, they're going to sell a lot less of those SSDs if it's at any same price, so the price may drop. Apparently, the price of the actual console has already been reduced in Japan. But again, not a shock. It's Japan buying an American console. Of course, it's not even popular. Um, so I'm not surprised the price dropped there. The only thing that I'm worried about launch-wise is that I bought the Xbox One X on day one for 430 quid. And within months, it was down to 399. And I was fucking livid. Um, now, admittedly, I got a nice Project Scorpio Oh, edition, yeah, you did, didn't it? Which, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and you can clearly see the gradient of uh, black to grey. And I'm like, yay. Now, merely, it doesn't make much of a difference in real life because I don't look at the goddamn thing, do I? Like, we all were slagging off the PS5 when it was, you know, announced and it looked like an uh, internet router. Um, but again, that giant coffee table of a machine, it will probably need to go somewhere else now because of how big it is. Like, the, the specs, the size of that thing is insane. Do you... My Xbox will just go under the TV stand and I'll stare at the TV all day. So, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, do you remember all the memes that, like, PlayStation fans, fanboys, I guess, were uh, bringing out about, well, a lot of people were, about how big the X was on announcement? Because it was this big fridge-looking box. Now, I always say consoles are just big black boxes, but I was definitely right on that one. It looks more like a PC tower. And then, of course, the PlayStation came out, and a lot of people were like, oh, my God, it's so cool. It's so futuristic-looking. I, for on the record, think it looks wank. I think the mixture of the white and black doesn't look very good. And those weird collars, looks like fucking Teclas from Warhammer, with massive collar on, um, looks stupid. 
Um, but well, they, but they didn't announced the prices and the release date. They released an image of the PlayStation, and it was in like a poorly lit shot. And like the game hype WhatsApp chat suddenly exploded, going, "Oh my god, is that a black variant of the console? Is that all black variant?" And then we were like, "No, look, it's just the way the light in this image is showed. It's clearly still white." And they were like, "Ah, oh, because uh. it looks so much better." Just not having those white yeah, pins what, on the side. Yeah, yeah white. Like I said that. I was like, the so also the pads look terrible. That white and black pad's horrible. But like, if I said I'd want a black PlayStation with a red or whatever red or blue light that goes down it, rather than awful looking console. Um, but then of course <laughs> they released they released the dimensions of it. It's sixteen inches. It's just under sixteen inches tall. It's fucking massive. I can't yep. wait. And obviously everyone was sort of went a bit quiet because they realised that this giant xbox brick is not quite as big as they thought it was um it's like six by six by twelve um yeah my so xbox again, series x will just about fit into my tv stand if i lie it down so i'm like cool i haven't got to buy an tv stand which is always annoyingly expensive but i haven't mm-hmm. got to buy a new one if i wanted to put the ps5 in there i don't think it would fit it may fit i don't know um but I mean, it's hideous as well, but still. I mean, the thing that it's such a it's such a petty thing to be annoyed about on the design of that machine, but the the placement of the USB port on the dead center on that machine is just egregious to me. How you could have this like, <laughs> it's you've got these giant fins which kind of supposed to draw the eye outwards, and you've got this nice kind of sleek like you know glassy glossy central black strip down the middle that's supposed to draw the eye to the middle. I'm like, I get what they're going for in terms of visually, but then right in the middle of that is this horrible little outline like metal outline of where a USB like a micro USB port goes, and I'm just like, that's hideous. You completely ruined the sleekness. Why would you put the port there? Of all the places you could have put the port, why'd you put it there, Sony? And again, it sounds like being a fanboy. I just think it's a hideous design. The I don't particularly like the Xbox Series X, but there's not that much to hate about a black oblong that goes under a telly because every console that I've had for the past God knows how long oh. is an oblong. Even oh my, my Nintendo God. Switch. My Nintendo Switch is the Smash Bros. Fresh Edition. So that's grey. That's grey and black. It's not any Yeah, it's a boring-looking console. Anyway. Oh, I know how you could have made the Xbox One X look fucking great compared to, you know, because it's a box. Just do what PC gamers do and have the one side be completely transparent and you can uh, see into it and see all the... Yeah, they could have a really bright... Oh, you could have had a green light that says Xbox over, like, the CPU or something. Bam. Money. Sold. Thanks, Phil Spencer. Give, give me an email. I'll work on the next one for you. Just do what PC gamers do, where they, they open the, up the side, put a bit of glass on there or whatever, and you can see inside it and see all the stuff happening. That I knew be... I'd like you. I knew I'd like you less when you became a PC gamer. That would be no, more... no, 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 no. See, I don't care about stuff like that. It's just a, it's just a light. You can stick a light on the side of it. But that would that would people would really like that if it went down that clear route of like the PC show off my hardware because that's what they talk about. They talk about the hardware and you're like. Oh, and I'm like Ooh, to be fun. fair, the the transparent original Xbox sold insanely well, from what I remember. So mm-hmm. I, I guess you're kind of right. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, who cares what it looks like fundamentally? As much as you muck the PS5 for its design, it's going to be under a TV, and I'll, my TV is what I'll be looking at. Yeah. Um, which brings us on to another issue of the Xbox Series X being capable of 8K 120 frames a second. Um, not even the most expensive OLEDs on the market currently go above 100 frames a second, 100 hertz. So it's like, yeah, no. I, so I'm, I'm going to have a machine that's more advanced than my telly. And then, it, I mean, I guess it means I haven't got to worry about buying a new TV for a while because I'll wait for the TV technology to catch up. But it's just funny to me that, you know, are, it's capable of doing stuff that I physically can't get it to do anyway. 
there's a very small number of TVs that can do 120 frames. But yeah, I looked on the LG website in Richard Sounds and uh, it was a £6,000 OLED that only had a 100 hertz refresh rate. Again, you're going to hate this, but if you want something that does 40, 4K and 120 frames a second, you need a PC monitor. Maybe that's the way I'll go. It just depends. You need, Normally you need a gaming PC monitor. You're going to immediately sacrifice um, size, however. Yeah, I don't I like about half the price of a television. It'd be about half the price of a television, but it would be massively sacrificed on price. Well, Samsung apparently do a service now where you can lease your TV, but it's like lease on, on loan. So you would pay an, a monthly fee, a fee, have that TV for, say, a two year contract. And then at the end of that two years, you basically go, oh, give me the new model. Oh, I don't want this one anymore. And they just, they just cycle the TV. So you never technically own the TV. You just rent the TV. And I need yeah. to get into that because that's a very tempting idea. If I can just continually upgrade the TV every two years, that's quite cool. Yeah, but how much are you paying within that two-year period? Because I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked. A games um, console and a phone. Doing that with a phone, I understand. Um, I know that some phone companies do it. But doing that with a TV, hmm, I have some people who say they don't need another TV for six, seven, eight years. I suppose it depends on the TV you buy. Like, I hate my current TV because if it's an LG TV from a certain year, that's that stupid grey filter over the screen when yeah. you use HDR. So if I had, I've had I've had this TV for what three years now. If I could have handed this TV back, TV back to LG last year and had a new one, I'd be like, great. But obviously, that's not possible. So mm. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a first world problem in it. But yeah, we'll have to. We'll I mean, have to it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird that. Right now, I have a, a TV that's a, about two, three years old. It's 4K and 100 hertz. But also the other thing, there's no guarantee that your TV or my TV for a certain year in ports, they don't have uh, HDMI 3, no, HDMI 2.2 or 2.1. Those TVs are 100 hertz, but they're not going to do 4K, 100 hertz on the Xbox. They're going to do 4K and 60 frames. Um, so the TVs, even though you do 100 hertz, are probably not going to do it in 4K. They can do it in 1080p. But I do have a PC monitor that's 1440p, which is 2K, and does 144 frames a second. So I could plug it up to that, but it's, what, a 27-inch monitor Ugh. compared to a 55-inch TV? That's See, quite, we're getting into... That's quite tech, a sacrifice. We're going into tech nerd, PC gaming, master race, right. wankery crap, man. That's, I don't yeah, care. But like, that's why I like Ryan, consoles, because I buy my console, new, I plug it in, You've ordered the new Xbox. You're already into that. You're already into that. You're, you, no, whether I mean, you like it or not, you're into I'm it. into my, my box does what my box does. I buy the box and put it under my telly. And I've got that box until the new box comes out. No, like, I'm going to upgrade my graphics card. Really no, no, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> because if, this is what I've always said and why PC gamers annoy me. is because they never tell you what they're playing. They tell you how, you're, how they're playing it. Like, oh, what are you playing? I'm playing Counter-Strike Source. And I'm like, why? 20 years old and they'll go oh but i'm playing in 4k at 6,000 frames a second and i'm like okay that's nice who gives a shit i don't uh-huh. ask you what you how you were playing it i don't care if you're playing it in 10 frames a second or a million frames a second like what, what you're playing but pc <laughs> but gamers defense. can't resist telling you they can't resist because they've spent all this money on the machine with their little twirly lights and fans and they're so excited about it that they're just like oh i'm doing a billion kabillion things and it's like who gives a shit you're still yeah, playing the same game as again me. fundamentally their experience on counter-strike source on their super super duper pc will be the same as mine running on a macbook because took the you, game still plays the same 
it took you five minutes to say a 30 second point but my point is the thing is you're getting a console now which is supposed to do these specs and you've got you you're going to have to you're not going to have the technology that gets it to its most full specs because you're going to need the tv for it you aren't going to yeah, be sacrificing where at least but, like i said with pc gamers they've got they've got hardware that can definitely do it all you're going to need specific tvs and they're not really out there so the problem is we're going to get our xboxes i'm going to play in 4k and we're not going to be getting the frame rates that we should be getting which is also one of the biggest selling points they're saying oh well higher frame rates that's the new that's what you'll be experiencing now but there's a potential that we're not going to see it and if you I get mean, another tv i'm well i mean not right now i mean like you said if it's going to do like 120 fps at 1080p i'd rather have 4k and 60 fps then you know that my preference i'll take the visual fidelity over the frame rate nine times out of ten um but i guess that's my preference i suppose uh but i mean i'd, I'd say i'm excited for the, the launch of the console and i kind of am in a sense that it's a new toy but because most of the stuff on it i could either i could play on my xbox one x it may not be as enhanced or fancy but i could still play it um so i'm only really buying it on the fact that i had the xbox 360 on day one i had the xbox one on day one i have to see the xbox one x on day one so i want the xbox series x on day one just a weird personal habit and i guess i've gotten into if i want it on day one whereas the game i want is halo infinite and that ain't coming out till march next year so uh, my, my hype yeah. for the console has died a lot because what what i'm seeing is kind of like the resurrection of my favorite gaming franchise has been somewhat dampened because i've got away only six months of the game however if you know Damn if that gets been fucking through in the lake after that reveal I mean, but if well you know if it gets craig the brute looking like he should look i'm happy i'll wait <laughs> six months that's... for craig to look his best yeah you get yeah oh yeah he'll be he'll be exfoliating he'll be buff up buffed up um he'll be looking good he'll be looking good covid ain't gonna stop him covid craig no, ain't it... gonna be stopped no way um not even inside but yeah we've you know we've got an exciting starting next few months it, do you know what i will say this is annoying it's annoying because i i've never ordered a console before i've always been in the position from a past job where i just have a console there for me like i just get one console when it's there on day one because i worked console events i guess um so it was weird going through the whole stress of oh my god the website isn't working oh my god i've got to get one at this time that was very bizarre because i've never experienced that before you know you can call it privileged but it was odd and what's more annoying is that I've done it, I've sold my Xbox towards it, I sold my PlayStation 4 towards it, um, I got the order, it's there, and now I'm going, oh, it's two months. It's two months away. Yeah, I don't. I, I was surprised you traded in so early. Uh, like, I've got my PS4 already, because I've got so much stuff to play on the Switch and the Xbox that I'm probably not going to play the PS4. Whereas I won't trade my Xbox in until clo- much, much closer to the day, so I can still play stuff. Um, but... I guess you know, trade it in soon to get more money back. Yeah, but yeah, plus, yeah, plus it's all you played, all you play lately anyway, is pissing total, total war, total yeah. warhammer. So yeah. you've gone from you've gone from being sat on your Xbox and talking to us while playing total warhammer to being sat on your PC chatting to us while playing total <laughs> warhammer. So your life hasn't really changed. You just you know you don't really you don't play any battle royale games with us because you hate them. So yeah. you know, but yeah, I so mean, you're also that different. But I mean, what we won't get into the whole PC you should get a PC because of ABC reasons, but I've got a Game Pass on there. So there's games that I probably would have been playing anyway on the Xbox, which I can jump on and play the PC. So, I'm, I, you know, I'll be fine. You know, you just get to a point where you go, well, I've done now. 
there's no point unless I'm going to murder everyone in the world. But no. So I can finish up those and I'm probably going to play Tell Me Why, which is the one of the sort of big releases that we had on Game Pass a few weeks ago. So I mean, somehow we've, we've rambled on for this long and I haven't mentioned the fact that Microsoft just acquired ZeniMax and Bethesda. Yeah. Um, is that a podcast in its own right? Would you want to I, I guess. Now? I mean, I guess we, I mean, we've mentioned it. I mean, I guess we could get more of the uh, critical geeks involved to chat about this because yeah, because I know Mark is a would very find it very thing. interesting. He would find um, it interesting from the sort of business acquisition side. Where I mean, I, all I'd say now is great. That means I'm definitely not getting my fucking Fallout 76 re- refund. I mean, I guess the only thing I'd say now um, would be some of the Phil Spencer said in the interview where traditionally. Microsoft hasn't really done exclusives because they've been on PC as well and then eventually they've hit like Switch or other consoles because like when they bought Minecraft, everyone's like, oh my God, Minecraft's going to be Xbox exclusive. And they were like, no, we'd much rather sell the game to everybody than just Xbox owners. And I assumed the same attitude would be true when they bought Bethesda. But what Phil Spencer has said is that Microsoft and Bethesda will honor every single currently announced exclusive or exclusive period for PlayStation. But going forward, every game will be on a case-by-case basis, which I found really interesting because that directly contradicts things Microsoft have done and said in the past. But it also, to me, suggests, essentially, it's almost like holding the Elder Scrolls to ransom of basically being, well, if we don't sell as many units as we like by the time it's Elder Scrolls six time, no one else is having it, which, to me, is a really interesting play because it's not going to be an accident that this announcement was made the day before pre-orders went live. There is no way in hell that was an accident. That was clearly staged and planned and positioned to be like, right, people are going to want a console. Let's frighten them into thinking they're not going to play Elder Scrolls if they buy a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, rather. So, you know, it, it's just interesting to me that the, the time we're in and what Microsoft can do, because I don't think they'll do permanent exclusivity. I imagine it'd be like if you buy an, if you've got an Xbox, you can have Elder Scrolls 6 now, if you want anything else, maybe wait a year, because they won't announce probably like six months into it, so people will essentially jump ship or buy an extra console to play Elder Scrolls, and eventually you'll get it on PS5 and wherever else is at at the time. Uh, but I'm just very intrigued by the the hype and the amount oh, yeah, of that studios was, uh, Microsoft now own. This is insane. Like this what power move. I mean, if Phil Spencer had a microphone, it would have been fallen on the floor and dropped on the floor several times by now this year. It'd be a very battered microphone, because they just came out and were like, oh, yeah, and um, we've bought Bethesda. So, you know, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Doom, Elder Scrolls, Dishonored, uh, and Rage. Oh, I guess you too. Yeah, fine. Yeah, Do you think Rage, Rage came free? One. Yeah, Rage probably came free. Rage, Rage like, probably what slowed it down. It probably would have been last a year ago, and they were like, we don't want Rage, keep it. And then they were like, no, you've got to take Rage. It's part of the family. We don't want Rage. Fine, Rage can live in the shed. Like, I just don't want rage. But I mean, um, what I did find funny as well was Twitter's reaction. And like, so I guess, not that I don't consider us fanboys. So I guess I would call them Sony fanboys. And stuff, but what I found really funny was it got announced. And immediately, like, the Sony fanboys were just like, well, well, uh, Sony are going to buy Rockstar. Which is such a oh, laughable concept. Sake. What the fuck? Like, it, there's damage <laughs> control. There's damage control. And there's building a wall around someone who's fell on the floor. Like, this is ridiculous. Do you know what? It's funny because this has happened before. Like before GTA 4 came out, there was rumours that EA were going to buy Rockstar. And what I found funny is it wasn't just Rockstar as well. Capcom trended and Konami, Konami trended as well. It? Konami trended, yeah, not Konami. Um, Konami trended. And people were like, well, 
come on, Sony, buy Rockstar. And I thought, are you fucking stupid? Rockstar are the company that have never, ever appeared at other people's conferences or done anything major like that. They've just gone, oh, by the way, here's a YouTube trailer for our new game. They don't even walk anyone out on a stage. They just put no. a YouTube trailer and go, do you know why? Because they can, because they're going to walk in with their big fucking GTA and Red Dead Redemption dick out and go, look what we've got, baby. <laughs> they're going to go, fuck all the rest of you because you're going to buy it. We know you're going to buy it. So here's our game. But what Sony was really funny was so at, stupid. at the Sony event when they announced the console properly and all the, you know, all the ins and outs, um, the Rocks, Rockstar had their like GTA online PS5 trailer thing. There was so much conversation, not around, oh, look, that's going to be on PS5. It was literally around how much money did Sony have to give Rockstar to put that trailer in their own show? Like, it literally was just, did Sony pay Rockstar to just be in their show? Because that's how big Rockstar are. So the idea that Sony, a company that, aside from the PlayStation side of things, are struggling, um, would somehow be able to afford to buy Rockstar, who are responsible for the biggest piece of entertainment in history in GTA V, is hilarious to me. Like, there's, there's butthurt, like, fanboyness, and then there's that. It's just like a whole new stratosphere. Of yeah, it was very desperate. And what I like is there were, like, people were expecting Sony to just come out and announce it. Like, it only, there's only two things that would have happened then. Number one, Sony have already bought Rockstar, but just decided not to mention it after the PlayStation 5 reveal, after the PlayStation 5 price reveal, and then after the pre-order fuck-up, they would just suddenly go, oh, we've bought Rockstar, and no. Well, or, secondly, if, or secondly, if, they bought Rockstar within about six hours. Like, they've gone into a shop and just gone, um, yeah, purchase. Yeah, we'll have them. No. Well, I love that. Imagine, imagine if Sony had secretly bought Rockstar and not decided to mention it. And then they'd had the pre-order fuck up. And then they'd come out and go, oh, and by the way, all those people out there that couldn't get a PlayStation, now you can't play the Rockstar games you've just bought on them. <laughs> they keep spinning even worse. Because you're basically going, oh, yeah, this thing that's exclusive to us now, you can't have anyway because you couldn't even get a pre-order. And it's just like, oh, thanks, Sony. But it yeah, just made me chuckle. Um, just, and then... And then there's rumours going around now as well. Uh, I guess it's in the similar vein of Metal Gear Solid 1's getting remade exclusively for PS5. And I'm like, I don't even know how that works. So Japanese business law is being weird. And I don't know how much ownership Kojima has over nah, won't Metal happen. Gear. You know, won't happen. Do you know why? Because you'll notice over the years, there's been a few games that have always been PlayStation exclusive. And then very slow, like Devil May Cry was one. Final Fantasy was the other. Um, Metal Gear Solid 5 came out on the Xbox. Uh, the Silent Hill games came out on Xboxes as well. You'll notice there's a lot of certain companies, and you know, Konami is one of them, um, where they've just gone, uh, we'll just put our games on everything. They still have that Japanese loyalty of, of saying, yeah, well, here's maybe a bit early or here's some exclusive stuff. But no, they'll put it out on anything and everything because same reason why Microsoft won't maybe make some of the games exclusive. Why would they not limit their sales to everyone rather than someone well in response to you saying it will never happen i'm gonna call you up on that because you said for decades that a final Fantasy 7 remake will never ever happen and we got it so i would say from that standpoint it could happen but the reason why i think it won't happen is because konami don't give a flying fuck about metal gear and that's evident the fact that metal gear survived exists i feel like if they were gonna oh yeah they're not gonna one of the most popular games of all time they would never have gone, oh, fuck it, we'll Metal Gear Survive and we'll they're take Kojima's gonna... name off a of box art. And They're not going to yeah. remake that game. The, the only game they've re- released that's really a proper game has been um, 
Metal Gear Survive, which was shit, and was a multiplayer microtransaction game, because of course it was. Um, and didn't they make a new... Um, it was on Switch. Contra? Was it Contra they made? Was that Konami? Was that Konami? I don't even know. Yeah, I remember the game, yeah. yeah it was a bag of wank. So, like... It's not like they've gone, oh, here's a new Castlevania, or here's a new whatever. No, they don't give a shit, because they don't care. Um, they no. don't care about their own franchises. There's not been a new Silent Hill, and there isn't going to be. Um, nope. Silent Hill was obviously fell apart, and they must have gone, nah, fuck it, we've got... I mean, for God's sake, there's been more reveals of pachinko machines than there's been actual games from that company. So, True. no, never going to happen. And Capcom are just like the others, that they want to put all their stuff out on everything and anything. So, no, they're not going to sell to sony anyway so no it was all very funny it was all very desperation tweets i'm pretty sure i could have made it i could have made it. oh square they popped up as well playstation we're going to buy square one of the square games to be exclusive I mean, like i could have made a rumor they don't really have to i mean obviously it's fine i'm a big final fantasy nerd and final fantasy 16 was announced for ps5 as an exclusive but again I was an 11-year-old when the PS2 came out, and I remember seeing all the pre-rendered bullshit lies about how Ridge Racer was going to look. And I also remember sitting down playing Ridge Racer, and that little book they put in with the PS2 that had all the pre-rendered graphics in it and screenshots. And I remember looking at this book where the cars looked amazing and looking up at my telly, looking down at the book and back up at the telly and back at the book and trying to work out why don't these look like each other. So I'm used to Sony deliberately misleading people. And I'm mm. curious, is Final Fantasy 16 actually going to be a permanent exclusive and never see the light of day ah. on Xbox because it's on PC. Yes, um, it's on PC, I was going to say. Or, well, it was, is it a time thing? Will it originally launch on PS5 and then eventually come to Xbox? Um, I mean, that's more likely when I'll buy a PS5, to be honest. They'll announce the Final Fantasy 16 limited edition console and I'll go, oh, it's got a pretty picture on it. And I'll end up buying that PS5, especially as like apparently things that Square have said. Um, have indicated that they've made a lot more of the game than they normally have at this point. You know, Square are like, they'll announce a game, and then seven years later, especially if Tetsuna Moore is involved, you'll, you know, mm. you'll, get, you'll get the game. Um, whereas, you know, this is apparently they've made more of it than that. So it could be out even a year or two, and I'm probably unlikely to see anything on PS5 in that year or two that I desperately want. So I'll probably wind up getting a PS5 when we get a pretty Final Fantasy 16 edition. But if Final Fantasy 16 is an exclusive, Maybe I'll hold off a bit longer, or maybe I'll be cheap. But remember, it's, it's the t- right now, as of uh, the date of the 25th of September, it's the second day of the Tokyo Game Show. And we've already had a new Final Resident Evil 7 trailer, which I haven't watched, because apparently the trailer or someone who's talking in the... Do you mean Resident Evil 8? ...that Resident Evil 7 is going to be a Xbox and PS4 game, as well as a PS5 and Xbox One game which is interesting because I thought it was going to be like a proper next-gen game. But, you know, there's a chance we might see Final Fantasy 16 more in detail. People are hoping to see Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2 at the Joker game show. Um, <laughs> no. If anything, <laughs> maybe an announcement trailer with a bit of footage, but you're not going to see anything fucking real. It's yeah. Tripping. Yeah, I forget sometimes that I'm old, <laughs> but I forget that we're the, the age we are and like certain things that I just take for granted. Um, from I guess I guess it's the advantage we've got of we grew up with gaming. So even though you people you know the original gamers back on the Atari in the seventies and stuff, but gaming has kind of developed properly, kind of as we have. So gaming's at the point where it is now, was we're essentially old men. Um, so we had the years of you know sixteen bit consoles and we were there for those wars, and then we moved on to you know the last gen and the gen before that. 
So gaming's grown over. So we're used to seeing the same type of behavior from the same publishers over and over again. In this instance, being Square announcing shit and just fucking nothing for years, absolutely nothing. Almost like you've got you've you've basically had children by the time you've seen a gameplay trailer of whatever <laughs> game. Like Neo Replicant's been announced, and there's like a trailer for that from the Tokyo Game Show, um, which is like the follow-up to Neo Automata. But that was that was actually announced God knows how long ago. Like, pfft, what, 18 months was it? And yeah. then we saw just nothing for this amount of time. It, it, yeah, it's just, I forget that some people, <laughs> like younger people will look at it and go, it's a gaming event. Maybe we'll hear news of this. And it's like, no, nah, look at the company. You're not going to hear shit because it's not how they work. They just don't. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Yeah, so... Uh... I imagine what we'll do is when we get the actual Xbox, and I don't, I don't know if any of us are going to get the PS5 yet. Like we said, we are more Xbox preferential, but we're going to play Switch 5 eventually. Um, thank you for slurping that drink down the microphone. I'll edit that later. Um, we'll probably do a podcast on the console and what we think. Um, I imagine one of us will do an unboxing video. I don't know if you're going to do anything the game hype on it, because of course you do right there, which is somewhere where you can hear more of Ryan if you wish to. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we're probably going to get Mark on again, um, cause he is a Nintendo fella. So he wants to talk about the Nintendo Direct and he wants to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> I, I misheard what you said then. And you mentioned Mark and Nintendo. So instead of hearing Nintendo Direct, I heard it as Nintendo Direct. And I was like, it's Mark. It's still Mark. <laughs> yeah, he will it's be. Mark. Yeah. It's Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe Nintendo fans, that's all they hear anyway. They don't hear Direct. They just hear Erect and they're like, oh, time for never Erect. Just be Smash Brothers characters and fire and fucking shit thing. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we'll um, <laughs> we'll um, we'll talk again, but we're probably going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, and we're going to talk about that Bethesda purchase, and what ramification ramifications it could be for Xbox, what ramifications it could more be for PlayStation, um, and of course what they're going to maybe show and make in the future. For the love of fucking God, I want them to fire Todd Howard. So oh, that. I saw, I saw a great move the night where it's like I can't believe it. Uh, Todd Howard managed to sell Skyrim to Xbox. <laughs> just taking the piss, but Todd Howard just continually finds new ways of selling Skyrim, and this was like the the ultimate way of doing it. He just sold the whole lot to somebody else, and I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, it's hilarious. Brilliant. Right, well, we'll we'll go for now. Um, my name is Neil Dealey. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do a Critical Geeks podcast. You can email us at criticalgeekspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we are on Anchor and the iTunes podcast store. Uh, been with me today has been Ryan Perry, And you can find more of Ryan Perry's work at gamehype.co.uk. And if you are listening to this and read my reviews, try and read it in my voice. I want you to do that because it would be fun. <laughs> and okay. also, how, how, how many times I write the word charm. Because it's been pointed out to me a lot that it's like my favourite phrase in the way of describing a game. Ah. Especially if it's not as technically sound. Okay, but it's got charm. It's yep, like when you call a fat bubbly. Over. It's like, she's bubbly when you really mean that she's large. Canal. <laughs> <laughs> right, does that mean the Xbox One X is bubbly? Uh, it's thick, I believe, the Xbox One X oh, is yeah. thick. Oh, and oh the, damn right it is. <laughs> the PS5 is definitely bubbly. Oh, so, I don't mean to the PS5. The kind of console your nan would say is a lovely girl. She'd be like, she's a lovely girl. <laughs> what? What? There was an episode of Star Trek Next Generation, which the scene made me laugh. Where Picard 
has gone back in time to be himself. So you've got this hilarious scene of loads of like 20 year old rookies running around with Picard, but it's obviously Patrick Stewart who's really old. And they're like, come on, come on, Jean-Luc, let's go to the bar and get in trouble. And you've got Patrick Stewart going like, I don't know, maybe we should study instead. And it's a great episode. But he's, he's on a date with a woman. And this is meant to be like 22-year-old Jean-Luc Picard. And the woman, she's, a, she's definitely in her late 40s to early 50s. She's not a young lady. And Jean-Luc Picard actually says to her, she mentions about her age, and he's like, no. You're a very handsome woman. And I was like, who calls a woman handsome? I, you know, I John Luke. We should bring it back. I mean, the modern standard of dating, you know, is a dick pic and some, I don't know, negging. So, you know, but like, you're a very handsome woman. Maybe we'll bring it back. Mean, maybe you'll just sound he, really creepy. I don't know. He's just get a drink. So, and do you know what? I don't think it'll work for us either. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not exactly the smoothest of people in the world, so maybe I won't take dating advice from Star Trek. I don't feel like that's setting myself up for success, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe watch. Maybe I've got the wrong episodes of Star Trek. Maybe I need Deep Space Nine. Maybe they can get my Deep Space Nine. Mm. <laughs> I knew you were going to make that joke. I was like, please don't. Can we edit this file? I hope so. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> Good night, everybody.